For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome into the first ever episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, your host, joined by my two co-hosts, Alex Gilstrap and Ryan Roberts. And if you listen to the trailer, if you did not, the genesis and the goal of this show is to discuss and break down NFL draft prospects, as well as providing you with as many prospect interviews on a weekly basis as possible, letting you not only hear what those prospects are like, but also getting to hear from various players that are going to be soon draft eligible to play in the NFL. So guys, this is the first show, not the first time we've all worked together, but why don't we just take a quick second to introduce ourselves. Ryan, why don't you go first and let everybody know uh, who you are, where you're from and all that good stuff. Absolutely excited to be on continuing this great team on the Believe Podcast Network. Ryan Roberts, I work for NFL Draft Bible as a scouting coordinator bringing you everything and anything you need to know NFL draft and also write for the dynasty draft room, uh, continuing with that NFL draft content. So I'm excited to be aboard. It's draft all year round and we have a great team here and we're excited to bring you guys some awesome draft content throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, this is Alex Gilstrap. I, uh, write for fan is NFL mocks and, and this team that we have, we've been working, uh, from another podcast network and our goal is just to continue to, uh, bring those draft prospects like Joe alluded to a second ago. So uh, I think it's a good transition time, you know, in between draft cycles. And I'm excited to jump into this 2021 class. As for me, uh, Joe DeLeon, a former college long snapper, one year since I, I last stopped playing at the University of Rhode Island. If you think my name seems familiar or you recognize my voice, that is because I also host the Believe in FCS football podcast. We're going to see a little bit of uh, a cross promotion, if you will, here and there because of the FCS prospects and some of the interviews we're going to be doing. So uh, feel free to also tune into that show if you're interested in hearing about some FCS guys as well as FCS football on today's show, the very first episode, we decided we wanted to hit the ground running right on into breaking down early position groups. It is incredibly early, and it's probably worth alluding to the fact that any of these ratings, grades, rankings, whatever we're going to talk about today is obviously very early. It's not finalized. Things will change drastically come the time that teams are drafting at the first overall pick next year. April. Today's position group, because recently on another show that we did before transitioning to believe we already did quarterbacks, we're going to circle back and do the quarterbacks at the very end of this position preview series. Today will be the running backs for the 2020 NFL draft class. 
guys, we were having a good conversation the other day when we were discussing recording and, and the position group of the running backs. And it was worth carrying that over into here because if you think about it, the one thing that all stood out to us is that there's not really a clear-cut elite top running back in this class. It seems like it's been three straight years now where we haven't had a guy like Saquon Barkley, like Leonard Fournette, like Ezekiel Elliott that is worthy of a top 15 pick. Ryan, are you, where, where do you see the, this class looking? And is, is that true that there's not really a, that, that super pure elite running back? Well, I, I think we're going to get into the, the debate with Travis Etienne, who is running back out of Clemson. I am a big fan of Travis Etienne. I will say that that is the closest guy that I can find to being that quote-unquote every down running back option that we're trying to look for in this class. Besides that, though, I think that there is some depth to this class. I think that there is a departmentalized role for a few of these backs. I'm just struggling to find outside of possibly Travis Etienne the – three down option where he is going to get going to get 200 plus touches a season 250 plus touches a season yeah just as ryan said etn's the closest thing we have to being that top 10 caliber guy uh that even in a running back position that isn't valued in the nfl today warrants you know top 10 consideration uh i don't think he's there though um, and I, just like Ryan said, I think there's a little bit of depth, maybe day two, early day three, but I really don't like the back end of this class. And I really don't like the front. I think there's a lot of guys, maybe 15 or so guys that I like in the middle. Uh, but, but the big, you know, the, the top end talent is just not there for me as well as I can't find too many guys I really like that I think are going to be, you know, your late rounds, you know, fifth through seventh round guys, uh, come April. It seems like it's very similar to last year's where, again, there wasn't that clear-cut guy. The only first-rounder that went was in the very end, and that was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. And then there seemingly was a run in the second round of guys like Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. All those guys started to go in the second round. So does this kind of seem like it's it's hovering around that, that similar trend where we're going to get that um, big run of guys on day two and then maybe – things kind of spread out a little bit on on uh, come day three? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I did a mock draft a couple weeks ago. I had one guy go late in the first round at like pick 27 or 28, and then that was the only running back. I feel like if we're doing these early mocks and we're not willing enough to put a running back into that top 20, top 15, that kind of tells you a little bit just from the outside perspective of – this is probably not the year for running backs, you know? So I, I think that there is possibly a guy and, you know, it's really early in the process, but right now I think that this is a late round one conversation for maybe one to two guys. And then it is a depth class is what we're looking at. Yeah. Plenty of time still, obviously we have a whole nother season, hopefully fingers crossed um, to really get to know these guys and let them, you know, work on the things that, you know, that we're going to talk about here today, what we need to see from them. Uh, better but but yeah like right now it's it's maybe a shot to get a late first round guy and in a Travis Etienne Uh, but yeah I think I think because of that you will see a run on day two I just think a lot of NFL teams are are not willing to spend first round capital on a running back unless they're a team like the Kansas City Chiefs we saw this year where they don't need much you know if you add a you know elusive running back that can help in the passing game with Patrick Mahomes and that offense I mean that's really one of the couple things that they can do that are team to really improve on and so I mean there's very few teams that 
are in that position just as a roster. So I do think it's going to be one of those things. We may see one or two go in the first, and then we'll see that run on day two for sure. It seems like the running back position for the NFL draft is almost cyclical in a way because there was a period of time in the early 2010s where there were like no hits on running backs. And then we have this run of Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, uh, Saquon Barkley, all these big name guys. And now we're back down to that low end where it's kind of starting to bottom out for whatever reason that has been the, the, the trend as of late for running backs going on into this class and already taking a really deep look this early on in June, we already want to get as deep as we can. Let's discuss some sleepers that you guys might be looking at. And understandably, you probably haven't dug deep enough to see some Division Two guys or some really small school guys. But is there someone that, that you really see as being underrated or maybe that you really like that's not being talked about enough or also being able to shoot up draft boards come the start of this actual draft process in around uh, January and February. Uh, Ryan, why don't you go first and fill us in on on who your sleeper is for this group? Joe, you want a Division II guy? Um, Jaquan Hardy from Tiffin. Uh, we'll talk about him another time. I uh, knew I shouldn't have challenged you. I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> come on, man. You know, you know, I got, you're, you know I'm ahead of the curve a little bit here, but oh, now I'm yeah. going to go with uh, Jared Patterson, Patterson, the running back out of Buffalo. He's got a twin brother that is actually a linebacker for the team as well. He's a really talented player. I gave him a kind of a stylistic comparison to Ray Rice. I feel like they're squatty guys who really change direction really quick. I don't think he has a ton of juice in terms of long speed, but I think he's an overall very um, well-rounded back that can contribute in the passing game, short area, explosive. I'm a big fan of Jared Patterson so far from Buffalo. Yeah, I'm, I, I like Jared Patterson. I, when you wrote that one down, I knew I was going to like that. When he's got that kind of squatty build, like you said, that really thick build, he's hard to take down, especially at the, the level that, you know, Buffalo's playing at. Uh, for me, though, I think I'm going to go to a big-time program, but it's just a player that's not receiving the credit that he deserves, and it's just due to someone else taking over, and that's Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama. Um, you know, we talked about him a little bit this time last year as someone that could potentially be in the 2020 class, depending on who took that job. Uh, from Damian Harris the year before uh, that went on to play for the Patriots. But Najee Harris took it over, and he's been one of the best backs in the nation this year. He, he's really improved on a lot of different things over the course of his collegiate career. So Brian Robinson's kind of taken a step back in his role. And and I really like what he brings. You know, he, he didn't run – he didn't have too many carries to his name, like I said, because of Harris. But, but when he was asked to carry the football or receive the ball in the backfield, I really liked it. You know, he had an NFL style of play to him that I think we see a lot from Alabama running backs. And I think he's just becoming a guy that no one's talking about just because he doesn't get that high volume of touches. And that's just due to him playing alongside one of the best backs in the nation in Najee Harris. So I'm, I'm a really big fan of Brian Robinson. I don't think enough people are talking about how his, his play translates to the next level. Now, I, li- I like the mention, too, because Brian Robinson, I-, I felt like people thought that him and Najee would be more of splitting carries. I know Robinson's right. kind of been a guy, though, that's had some injuries in the past, some nagging injuries, so he hasn't been able to really get a substantial amount of carries, but he is super physical. They, they build them the same out there in Alabama, really physical runners. The question is, is he going to get additional volume this year with Najee coming back? And then we have to uh, obviously evaluate – can he affect the passing game in any way? Can he do other things outside of running just power or zone zone concepts 
what is the overall um, upside to a guy like Brian Robinson. But definitely, hey, man, him with Najee Harris is definitely a fun backfield coming back to Tuscaloosa. Yep. You guys seem to have very differing opinions when it comes to your early top fives, and we're going to address that. But I want to talk about one guy that neither of you had on your lists that I thought was at least worth asking about. The guy that, that was on neither of your lists is Chuba Hubbard, the guy that has rushed for 2,000 yards in, I believe, back-to-back seasons. And I just I thought that it was very interesting that he was left off of, again, both ranking lists of both of you guys. And I have to ask, Alex, and also Ryan, but Alex first, why did you not include Chuba Hubbard on here at all? And I, I see you're smiling a little bit. I feel like this is going to be an, an interesting answer. Okay, I really thought I was going to receive a lot of slack for that because I thought I'm so much lower. So to see Ryan agree with me, it, it makes me feel better about my opinion. <laughs> um, but Chuba Hubbard, he's been – he's talked about as potentially RB1 over Travis Etienne and some of these other guys, and I just don't get it. Uh, I think he does a lot of things well. I don't think he has any glaring holes to his game. Uh, let me start off by saying that. Uh, the production's there, obviously, which also helps things. But I think a lot of that is a testament to the system. I think it's a spread out offense. I think he has some really easy running lanes a lot of times. I do agree that his his vision is one of the better in the class. Uh, that's one of the big things that people talk about. He has great vision. Uh, but I think it's almost overblown, like I said, because it's such a spread out offense. I think he has easy running lanes a lot of the times. And he just doesn't have any physical traits that wow me. Uh, I think he's got fine speed. I think he's got fine burst. He's not – he doesn't have the greatest balance, you know, when dealing with contact, especially, um, you know, in the, in the, at the line of scrimmage. He, I mean, if you – I mean, even his highlight reels, you look at his highlight reels, it's typically just him running through a wide open hole and him just taking off and just having a head of steam. I just – I don't think he's overly dynamic as a runner. I don't think his game is necessarily one of those games that translates well to the next level. Um, just based on the physical traits that he has, plus his style. I think stylistically, he's he's very one dimensional. I think you know if he's saying you know if I'm San Francisco, uh, he might be my number one running back just because I think he can be that dynamic in our zone running scheme. However, you know as some you know people covering the NFL draft, we're covering it from a wide point of view from for all 32 NFL teams, and I don't think outside of a couple teams that run such a heavy amount of outside zone concepts, I don't think that Chuba Hubbard's really a difference maker. And I've been seeing him top three, top two, even number one on a lot of these lists. And I think a lot of that's just a testament to him being a Heisman contender last year and him having all that production, like you alluded to a minute ago. So I'm, I'm going to be a little bit lower on him right now. I think he does have a lot of room to grow, uh, but that's just where it is right now. Yeah, and, and guys are going to quote the 2,000 yards rushing last year as – a symbol of him being good. I will beg you, if you're going to do that, to go look at the all-time leading rushers in college football history and find a lot of guys that did not translate well to the NFL. We don't we don't scout the box score here. As Alex said, see um, to the San Francisco 49ers, LA Rams, that outside zone scheme, that wide zone scheme. If you're getting him lateral and then you're asking him to make one cut and go because he's got a ton of speed. Um, so when he gets one cut and he can get out – you're good to go. My, my question is here, so like, one, he's very thinly built on the lower half. I don't see him yes. break a ton of tackles. So you're just a speed runner, which is fine. But if you're going to be just that type of running back, can you contribute in the passing game? 
Chuba Hubbard has not contributed much in the passing game. So I'm looking at a guy who is a one-cut speed runner without a power profile, and he doesn't contribute in the passing game. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with it. He's, I think if, if it was today, he would be my running back seven, which is a hot take, whatever. He's scheme-specific. He's not you, – you got six, Alex? I got, I got six. I got six. All right, man. Yeah, so it's, he's a very scheme-specific, one-cut runner without any ability to affect the passing game. I'm out. I think early on it's so easy to just pick guys that had really good rushing stats, and that, that's never always the case what leads to NFL success. It's – it's sometimes guys that didn't really get a lot of carries or touches uh, in their time in college. I mean, Alvin Kamara was buried for a time in Alabama to the point where he had to transfer, and then I feel like he didn't even get that much production at Tennessee. So the fact that Hubbard has all this rushing production does not really mean and guarantee NFL success. We're obviously going to go deeper than just looking at the box score, but going on to your guys' top fives, early top fives for this running back class to kind of wrap up today's show. The four and five picks on your list, I also found to be very interesting. So for context to our listeners, I know who Alex and Ryan both have, but neither of them know what each other has on their list. At four and five for Alex, he had Journey Brown and then Trey Sermon. And then ironically and interestingly enough, Ryan also had Journey Brown at four, but then Najee Harris at five. So kind of quickly, Alex, and also Ryan, what, what made you so attracted to Journey Brown where you wanted to keep him at that four spot and where you felt like he fit perfectly there? Oh, it's the physical traits. I don't know what they do down at or up at Penn State, I guess, for me. Uh, but golly, talk about just a perfect size, power, speed combination. I mean, you just turn on the Memphis tape, you know, the, uh, I think it was the Cotton Bowl that they were playing in, and you see two runs. And they're the only two runs I need to show you to give you context to why Journey Brown's a good running back. There's one where he's heading towards the right side of the field go in the red zone, and he just puts two defenders right in the dirt with huge stiff arm while they're dragging on his legs for the touchdown. And then coming back in the, the next half, I believe it is, he just bursts onto the scene, and he looks like he's floating how fast he's moving once he hit the open field. I mean, I, like like I said, those two plays pretty much pretty much sums up what he does, and and it's just the tools. I think he's got great contact balance. He uses his stiff arm very effectively. But when he gets out in open field, I mean, he's one of the faster running backs, in my opinion, uh, that I've seen so far. And I've, I'm through 30 running backs, and and he is so dynamic. You know, he has production in the passing game. He looks like a smooth pass catcher. He's built like a tank. I, I don't have any any um, reservations about how well he's going to be in pass protection. He, he does well in there. I just think he's a very well-rounded back. I think that Penn and, you know, coming from a program like Penn state with a good, um, good reputation with a running back position, especially as of late with Saquon Barkley and then Miles Sanders uh, just a year ago. I think that, I think that he's the real deal. I thought I was going to be alone there just because I feel like he's more in that six through 10 range for most people. So to see Ryan have him at four as well, uh, it makes me feel really good that, uh, you know, he's watching good football players. <laughs> Alex, did you say you watched 30 running backs? Did I hear that right? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's been a long month. Is that, is that more than Ryan? That is more than Ryan, 100%. Wow. Okay, but, but let me, let, let me pre- <laughs> there's an asterisk because I've watched a total of probably 12 players outside of these 30 running backs. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Oh, so you yeah. just want running back heavy to start here, man. All right. I did. I, I got in a groove. Yeah, I got in a groove, and I really enjoyed myself, and I just kept going. All right. I like it. I like it. We talked about the depth there, so there you go for that little plug. Journey Brown, though, as Alex said, kid was like a 10, 400-meter guy in high school. He's got legit, legit, legit deep speed, long speed. He can – when he gets that into the open field, he is not getting caught from behind. He's a little similar to Chuba Hubbard in that uh, – Chuba Hubbard, sorry – in that regard, the difference is, and we talked about this a little bit, Journey Brown is built nice, man. Not to make this a weird conversation, but we, I talked a little bit <laughs> about how Chuba Hubbard is very thin lower half, doesn't have room to add a lot of t- a ton of weight to his frame. Journey Brown, he's got some thick legs. He's built nice underneath. He's got that contact balance because of it. There is a real uh, possibility that he's going to end up a top three running back for me. I almost put him at number three to start this. I did too. Analyst. But the kid's good, man. Kid is really good. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, following – I mean, continuing that trend of Saquon Barkley to Miles Sanders, Journey Brown is the next in the line. I will go on record to say I think this guy has the potential to be a first-rounder come next April. I, wow. That, that's, just, that's just the skill set he has, and I think it translates so well. Like he said, the big thighs. Uh, you know, we, we made fun of Saquon, you know, for so long about being Saquon. Uh, but golly, I mean, he's just a perfect, I, I, I love his build, his play style. He has every, he checks every box. This guy could be a first rounder with a, with an impressive 2020 season. Maybe Why don't you marry him? <laughs> Shut up. I was going to say, maybe he should have been your sleeper, but you know what Ryan said? Oh, he also works to finish up with the last little bit we have on today's show. I figured it would be really fun to, and I think we'll do this on a reoccurring basis to guess each other's top three who you think each other picked as one two and three on your running back lists Alex why didn't you go first in projecting who you believe Ryan selected as his top three guys okay I know two of them uh obviously Travis Etienne and then I know you're a big Kenneth Gainwell guy so that's going to be uh, number three, I going into this, knowing four and five and not knowing the top three, I assumed in the top three was Chuba Hubbard for you just because everyone has him there. But now I'm stuck. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Kylan Hill in there as well. So I'm going to go Travis Etienne one, Kenneth Gainwell, and then maybe you're a Kylan Hill guy at number three. Was I'm not, not a Kylan Hill guy. Oh. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> Was not a terrible, uh, terrible shot there. You did, uh, you did do come close though. Before we reveal them, Ryan, it is now your turn to take a, a crack at Alex's top three. All right, Alex likes unathletic running backs, so let me think. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you could probably guess his number two then, if that's the case. Oh, all right. Let me go. All right, I'm gonna go. Tra- well, Travis Etienne's got to be in there for one. I'm going to say, since he didn't mention it four or five, I'm going to say Najee Harris is in that top three. And then, ooh, is Alex a Kenny, a Kenny Gainwell guy as well? Um, I'll throw Kenneth Gainwell in there too. Okay, do you have a particular order that you want to guess for those guys? I'll say just the way I said it, ETN, Harris, Gainwell. Wow. All right, wow, so Ryan, Ryan is better at guessing than Alex is. It is exactly Travis ETN from Clemson, Najee Harris from Alabama, and then Kenneth Gainwell. On the flip side of things, Alex, you were fairly close. You missed out on one guy, as uh, as Ryan alluded to. It ended up being Travis Etienne, Kenneth Gainwell, number two, and then Keontae Ingram as number three. Oh, you're three. that hot. Okay, I knew you liked him, and I like him too, but I didn't know you'd have him 
top three. Who? That's okay. my guy. That's man. interesting. Talk about him. Talk about him. I want to hear it. All right. Um, so you're looking at you know when you when you look at the roster, you're going to look at a six foot, two hundred thirty five pound running back. So the immediate thought in my mind goes to this guy is a gap power runner. He has to be right. Like that is what he has to be uh, to win. And then you pop on his game, and I watched his game against Oklahoma State because I was actually watching their safety, Colby Harvell Peel, who is, you know, box defender, safety, he's okay. But this dude, man, I'm telling you, there is some lateral ability there, jumping not even just one gap in zone schemes, like two or three gaps. He has a lot of flexibility in his lower half. Even in the pass game, I think that he can do some stuff as a pass receiver because of how flexible he is. An, an unordinary um, set of skills for a guy that's 235 pounds. The only thing about him is people are telling me that he has a lot of recurring injuries. So just based on the film, though, I'm looking at 235, gifted athlete, average six yards of pop last year, man. If he's able to put a full season together, I think there's, there's some real potential there for, for Keontae Ingram to be that guy moving forward. I, I don't know if the, the um, upside is quite as big as Journey Brown that we talked about a little bit, but Keontae Ingram, to me, if he puts everything together, has – early day two written all over him yeah I mean I have him top 10 and I know we've talked about him both liking him a lot I didn't know you liked him that much um but I'll kind of just uh talk about why I have Najee Harris and then we could talk about the two guys that we have in there together with Kenny Gainwell and Travis Etienne but Najee Harris for me I think he's just he's improved so much year to year I I was not a fan of him going into last year uh, when I was doing this summer s- series for the 2020 class as he was going into his junior year, I was not a fan of him. I thought he's a top heavy runner. I mean, he's six foot two. That's what he's listed at on Alabama's website. I mean, he's tall. Um, but if Derrick Henry taught us anything uh, this past season, it's that taller running backs can still get it done uh, with some good lower half power. And I think that's the biggest thing that Najee Harris has improved on in his time at Alabama. I think early on he was very, like I said, top heavy. And I think he was easy to take down, get chopped off his feet way too often but I think that's an element of his game that he's improved on and especially last year you got to see that power uh he's not going to blow you away with the speed he might be a mid four six kind of guy even probably high four six kind of guy but that doesn't scare me away with someone that's always going to fall forward and I think is always going to you know drag drag defenders with him so uh I don't think the upside is necessarily that appealing for Najee Harris and I think that's why he's so low for you uh, but I do like what he has as far as a, a floor for uh, NFL running back committee. So uh, I do like Najee Harris a lot, um, but it's mostly based on how he's improved over the last few years. Memphis has seemingly somehow turned into this odd running back factory for producing draftable top quality running back prospects. So I, I find it interesting that this early on, I feel like it's not typical to have uh, you know, American Conference player ranked this highly on both of your guys' lists with Kenneth Gainwell. So I'm kind of curious to hear, Ryan, from you first, why you like Gainwell so much for a guy that's not super big, 5'11", 191, but I would assume, I would presume that he, he's very explosive for his size. I, he is, absolutely. The, the thing that really draws me to Gainwell so much is we talked about projecti- um, projectability to being a potential three-down back. And outside of Travis Etienne, there doesn't seem to be that type of guy. But in that mock draft I alluded to earlier that I did a couple weeks ago, the only running back I had in the first round actually was Kenny Gainwell at the end for the simple fact of he has the immediate ability 
to impact the passing game that we haven't seen a running back in the last couple of years. He can run legitimate routes outside the numbers, inside its slot, out of the backfield. He is incredibly explosive. He's flexible. And the thing that I really like to him is his contact balance is super underrated because that kid is built very nice for only being 190-something pounds. We talked about the lower half before. He's really strong down below. I like so much what Kenny Gainwell is. And I think in this NFL where you're manipulating space and manufacturing touches in space, I think this kid is a all-purpose threat that is going to be a long-time, um, maybe bigger version of Darren Sproles to a degree. Yeah, big fan, big fan of Kenny Gainwell. I think actually Ryan is the one that really made me pay attention uh, when he he came on to Gainwell very early in this process. And yeah, he, he really is. He's an explosive threat all over the field, whether it be in the passing game or in the running game, uh, like Ryan alluded to. And that's kind of what they do with the running backs. You, you, I know you talked about how Memphis's running back group has, has had a lot of NFL talent come out of there recently. Uh, as we saw Daryl Henderson a couple years ago go to the Rams, and then this past year we saw Patrick Patrick Taylor Jr. and then Antonio Gibson, who I was a big fan of this past year, and Kenny Gainwell's the best of the best of the group. Uh, I think that what he can bring to an NFL roster is just yeah, it's it's so explosive. You know, whether he he's a three down back at the next level, which I think he has a potential to do, or he's just somebody that can come in in certain situations, certain packages, whether it's as a as a slot target or or in the backfield. I, I really like what he can bring to an offense and he can he can get a lot of explosive plays while also having that contact balance that can churn out six, seven yards at a time. He's my second favorite Memphis running back of all time. Number one, D'Angelo Williams. Oh that's a good one. He's a good one. They're an underrated producer of quality running backs, but the the last guy that needs to be discussed here seems to be an early consensus for, I think, a lot of draft analysts right now uh, as that number one guy, which is Travis Etienne, who, again, is on, on the smaller size, uh, not a really big running back, 5'10", 210, coming out of Clemson. But the one thing that seems to be his biggest strength is his his speed is it too crazy to say that he could possibly be a a 4-3 guy in terms of his speed Ryan no, you're shaking no, your head I, I think that's a safe bet because we, we saw him in Isaiah Simmons race in you know very famously in the preseason last year and Isaiah Simmons ran 4-3-9 and Travis Etienne was a step in front of him so I think he's definitely a 4-3 athlete no doubt about it yeah that's exactly the point I was going to bring up that video and we saw what Isaiah Simmons did and he may be faster so uh, I completely agree is that real? Is that the game-breaking speed, though? That is that what really separates him and makes him that that secure top guy? Or, or what are some of the other things that that stick out to you guys in terms of his traits? I think what surprises you is you know he has that speed, that legit four-three potential speed. But what what really you know the two ten is not like you know it's a solid size for running back. It's not something where you're going to say, man, that dude is a, a three-down bell cow type of player. But his contact balance is absolutely ridiculous. That dude is a tough player to bring down. He really is. And then he made strides as a pass receiver. You know there was like this this weird quote before last season where he said that he was very hesitant to catch the football for some reason, which was a very odd way to say it. But then he has 30-something catches over 400 yards. He had that touchdown catch against Ohio State in the playoff. I think that there is a well-roundedness to him that is only improving. And to have that type of game-breaking speed and also being that strong and physical of a runner, I think is the best, closest thing that we have to a three-down back in this year's class. Yeah, and here's something that I really like about Travis Etienne. I don't think enough people talk about it. It's it's not even like obviously he has game breaking speed, 
But I think what's more impressive is his burst and his acceleration. I mean, that guy gets to that top speed in like three yards. I mean, he can just stop and go on a dime. And I think I think what's really impressive is you said something about the power element to his running game. And I don't and even I don't necessarily even know he's know. as much has a power element as much as he he's just so explosive and that acceleration just carries so much momentum that when when linebackers or or safeties come down and hit him he just that momentum keeps carrying him another three four yards you know on on carries where he gets that head of steam like I said so I I I think it's just a momentum thing and I'll take it I mean three to four extra yards on just about any run where he can get it you know to full speed in two to three yards I mean that's what makes him so special to me is that he can break off those 90 yard runs but but even if you just give him you know just a, a little running lane uh he can carry so much momentum in such a little amount of time and he can get four or five yards on almost any running play I think that one thing that, that is a great point, Alex, is people talk about converting speed to power a lot for pass rushers or defensive linemen it's the same It's kind of um, train of thought with a guy like Travis Etienne. His speed is so great that he's able to continue that speed through contact, which translates into more power than you might actually think that he has. I completely agree with you. And Etienne, if, you, if anyone recalls uh, NFL fans and college football fans, he would have been a pretty highly drafted guy had he declared last year, but he decided to come back for his final season. He'll be the guy that we're all watching to be that number one player on our running back lists. That's going to be it for us from our first episode of the Believe in NFL Draft uh, Prospects podcast. It's a little bit of a tongue twister there. Um, Thank you for tuning in, though, folks. If you enjoyed the show and this first episode, be sure to subscribe as well as give us a a review and, and let us know what you thought of this first episode. And feel free to give us any additional feedback, any positive feedback about the show. Also, be sure to go follow all of us on social media at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Alex at Alex Gilstrap. And you can follow Ryan at Rise, the letter N, Draft. Stay tuned for later on in the week as we will be releasing our first episode featuring interviews with running back prospects for the 2020 NFL Draft. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.